Welcome back to the Fan Bros Podcast. This is week nine, our first episode of the week. So, Hunter, you got to kind of fill us in on how was the four loco, Chug. We saw it. It was really a pure heart performance. How did it go? Man, it was a... there was a, t- a time in there where I thought I wasn't going to finish it and I needed to take a breath and I and I could see Trey and my peripherals panning over getting an amazing video for us and I was I realized it was time to quit being a bitch and double down. It wasn't that bad because the candy man came by and gave me an edible afterwards so shout out Anthony but it wasn't, it was... It was all right. It was a. I don't remember a lot from the Sunday, but it was a good Sunday. Yeah, I mean it went well, and yeah, shout out to Trey. The production quality on that video was incredible. Oh. So, week nine, it was a big week eight. I mean, it's just getting closer and closer to the finish line of the playoffs, and it's really kind of breaking down for us. A lot of injuries we've seen coming back, and ones that just happened, and kind of it's changing the landscape. Yeah, not even getting into COVID, but we got to. I mean, COVID is going crazy right now. I don't know what's going on. The, the Thursday night game is essentially in limbo right now. Um, the whole Ravens D has has COVID. We're going to touch on a, a bunch of uh, injuries, COVID situations, just kind of how situations are uh, shaping up on teams and how it'll affect your fantasy team, basically. So the order today, first, I think we should just kind of touch on the Thursday night game, the COVID situation. Who's impacted? Is the game impacted? Then we'll answer a fan question. Next, we're going to spend most of our time talking about injuries, like we said, ones that just happened. How does it affect them and the people around them? As well as a lot of guys are on the verge of returning from injury, and how does that kind of you know, mix up the offenses and make certain guys valuable, certain guys not so much. And last, we're going to touch on some super deep streamers, just for week nine only, if you're in a bind, a lot of bye weeks right now, if you need somebody just to have a chance at putting up some numbers, we've got a few players that are pretty good stars, not owned in many leagues. So let's kick it off on Thursday night. Kind of give us a couple guys that might be in limbo, Hunter. Man, there's, I mean, well, Jimmy G's out, obviously. Kittle's out. Um, freaking all the receivers out. Bourne's out. Debo's out. Samuel's injured and he's out with COVID. Um, really, the only the only startable assets are, are going to be Hasty and Jordan Reed if he's there. We're, you got to monitor that situation. Uh, follow the uh, at Fanbros podcast Twitter. We'll, we normally retweet pretty important stuff. We'll definitely retweet the uh, Reed status. But if Reed's not there, um, we're, we'll get into it later. One of the streamers, but you want to keep your eye out for uh, Ross Dwelly. I know people are. In Impacted by the uh, Goddard going on by, Kittle going down. Might need a tight end just for this week. Um, Dwelly's a sneaky little start. Maybe even a little DFS start this week. We'll see. Yeah, I I hear that. And on the Packers side of the ball, it looks like Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon will both miss the game. And one guy we forgot, uh, Brandon Ayuk on the Niners. He has also been ruled out from contact tracing. So those two backs in Green Bay are out. Aaron Jones, I would call him on the doubtful side of questionable, mm-hmm. but he's shaping up to be a game-time decision. So in the event that he misses, I'm still not looking at Tyler Irvin or whoever the other guy they're activating with the practice squad. I'm not sure if you know his name. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really excited about any of them because the matchup's bad, and they're just going to probably air the ball out just to avoid having to use one of their last couple healthy running backs. Yeah, no, I, I would not look into the, the – yeah the running back situation. I'd monitor Aaron Jones and then just pivot away if, if he's out. I wouldn't try to stream one of them this week, if especially because 
the two good ones are, are out this week as well, AJ and uh, Jamal. So, yeah, kind of stay away from that. And in our opinion, we would stay away from it. Yeah, that game has taken a huge hit, and it could even be postponed. As of now, it's supposed to go on as scheduled, mm-hmm. so it might not have quite the fantasy impact as it would have looked like a few days ago. But take it for what it's worth. You know, make plans if one of your guys is going to miss Get him out of your lineup before Thursday because he'll be locked in. So, let's touch on a fan question. We had somebody ask us for this week, who is the better start? Clyde Edwards-Elaire against the Panthers or Damian Harris versus the Jets? What, what do you think between those guys? Those are both really juicy matchups. We'll, we'll get into it in a sec. Now, on paper, Carolina D is the 31st worst against the run with the Packers only being the, the worst than 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 them, um, but the Jets have a sneaky, not sneaky good run D. Their their run D is their best aspect of the defense. They're they're not a good defense, but I I think I'm going Damian Harris here strictly because the wide receivers have been banged up. Um, Cam's not even looking to really throw the ball right now, and Harris looks really good right now on the ground. He's breaking arm tackles. He's running strong. He's living up to kind of the hype of the preseason that they had for him. And Hilaire's kind of in that limbo area where we're trying to see how much they're going to incorporate Bell. Not saying that he's Bell's going to get 12 carries this week or something, but, I mean, he could get eight and two goal line looks and kind of vulture your Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Harris could get a touchdown and 60 yards, and you'd be pissed as hell. But um, that's I'm going Harris with that, definitely. Okay, so, I mean, for me, Harris is not a bad start at all. Like you said, the Jets are actually not the worst against the run, and I could see James White being a little involved in the pass game. But the game script should shape up for him to you know, get 20-ish carries. So I do like him there, but I would go Clyde this week. It's probably the best remaining matchup for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little more competitive. As weird as the Chiefs are, they're a little backwards. In their competitive games, they run the ball. When they get big leads, yeah. they don't really run the ball. It's, it's kind of strange. Carolina is better than we assume coming into the year. I think the game is a little more competitive. So I think Clyde gets 10-plus carries and some targets, and the Carolina defense is really bad. I could see him finding the end zone this week. So I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week over Damian Harris. Yeah, those are both great. Like we t- I said at the beginning, those are both great options. The Panthers being the 31st worst defense against the run. Like the, I mean, that's a start. Regardless, but I mean, Harris versus the Jets is also juicy. That's a great question. So, yeah, we're split on that one, but I guess the short answer is they're both good. Hunter would rather go Damian Harris. I would rather go Clyde. If one of those guys scores, that's probably going to put him in that upper tier. So, roll the dice as you may. All right, we're going to get into a big chunk of what we got to talk about, which is injuries and how they're affecting the fantasy landscape in week nine and beyond. So, to start, Austin Eckler and the Chargers running game. Uh, I want to say right now, trade deadline's coming up. A sneaky little trade that probably you could get for for the low and have a nice little four-week rental RB2, Justin Jackson. Eckler, there's a video that came out this week of him running. He was running at maybe 50 to 60%. He was not really running hard, and he was running kind of awkwardly. So it, it's probably going to be till around week 11 or 12, which was kind of – the Twitter insider world on Twitter was saying. Um, but, yeah, Justin Jackson is really the back to own there. Uh, Kelly hasn't done anything in a fat minute, and Justin Jackson's running the ball pretty damn well right now. Yeah, I think Justin Jackson's the guy to own for the next few weeks. I mean, Eckler's injury was significant when it happened. It was hamstring 
and I think some knee bruising. Yeah. So I wouldn't say any earlier than week 11. That's just me guessing he'd be back, maybe an additional week. So that does give Justin Jackson a few more weeks of kind of value. So he's valuable to two type of owners. One who doesn't need to win in the next couple weeks and try to kind of sell him while he's got value, or somebody who needs a body for two or three weeks and can get a startable running back at a pretty good value. So the next few weeks, Justin Jackson will hold hold some value, be a startable guy. Eckler is not coming back super soon, mm-hmm. so just keep an eye on that. But the other running backs for the Chargers are safe for the time being. And Josh Kelly, yeah, I think we agree that he's fallen off and not been what we hoped he'd be. He's almost droppable, probably not quite, but he's definitely third in that pecking order. Yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to the Eckler owner, especially if he doesn't own Justin Jackson. He is probably tripping right now because he's been waiting forever. He doesn't have the handcuff. He's probably looking to dish Eckler cheaper than you're expecting. I'd, I'd reach out to the Eckler owner at this point in time. Yeah, that's, de- that's definitely a, a good move to look for. Next up, we're going to go to the Cleveland Browns, who are on by this week. But Nick Chubb, there's been talk that he could possibly return following the bye. So week 10, I think both of us feel that's kind of doubtful. Maybe week 11 or 12, he and Eckler are probably in a similar boat. So what does that mean for both his value and Kareem Hunt, who might only have one, maybe two more weeks, as the lead dog in the Cleveland offense? What do you think? I don't I don't think it's really going to diminish his value because if, if you look at the beginning of the season when he was still scoring almost as much as he is right now, um, point-wise per game, it was kind of the same range of touches. Obviously, he's kind of more on the upside now that he's – you know the number one but he was getting around 10 to 14 touches a week and he's getting you know 14 to 18 touches a week it's not like anything crazy bump up I still believe he'll have value with Chubb coming back I don't think Chubb is going to come back and be 100 100 percent I think he'll be ready to play I don't know if he's going to just be running through tackles like he does but uh we'll see I, I think Kareem definitely has RB2 value even with Chubb back 100% I, I like that and, and I'm even looking to acquire Kareem Hunt if that owner is kind of worried about the news that Chubb could be back kind of soon I think you get another two or three weeks of him yeah. as the guy and even after that he's proven to be a top 12 top 15 at worst running back so yeah. I think now is a good time to kind of go get him I gotta ask you on the guys coming back, Nick Chubb or Austin Eckler, who who would you rather have? Man, if, if I'm you had one today, yeah, if, if I well, it just depends what will he get my answer to the question. You know, it's all if I'm sitting pretty and I'm six and two, five and three, and I'm looking like I'm going to make the playoffs. I kind of want Eckler just because I feel like he's going to become the workhorse again. Not that they're not going to use another running back; they're always going to use two running backs and uh, with the Chargers. But I feel like he's going to be the premier dog, and I, his Schedule isn't trash. His schedule is pretty nice. If he's getting 18 to 24 carries a game with the schedule, I definitely want that over Chubb, who could get vultured in a playoff game by Kareem Hunt, which would make you rage very hard. Yeah, definitely. And that is, that, that's a tough one. I kind of lead Chubb just because Eckler's injury still scares me. Yeah, it's a sense. Yeah, it was a really sense. significant hamstring pull, so... Because I think Chubb is a little safer coming back. I would kind of lean there. But, yeah, the Chargers are hot. If Eckler can retake the role he had early in the year, he's probably the pick between those two guys. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the uh, the next one. Uh, talk about the uh, craziness down in uh, Jerry's world. Um, so it looks like Andy Dalton's out. 
uh, Benucci was going to be in, but he's out as well. And it, it's potential, potentially Gabriel. I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't even yeah. know what's going on. It's, it's really hard to follow. So, it's like a. I think it's either Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. Yeah. So basically. If you're not understanding what we're talking about, that's because you need to stay the fuck away from the Cowboys. The receivers, the quarterbacks, you need to look to trade Ezekiel Elliott at this point, honestly. If, I mean, I, it, he might just be, you know, the darling of the fantasy season and just get 25 carries a game and start to bust stuff open, but I don't see it with the line being banged up. This this carousel with the, with the Cowboys is one you want to get off of for sure. So I think kind of right now it's almost obvious that you don't want to play many people, if anyone, on the Cowboys against the Steelers. I guess the what the question that I have and kind of think about, let's say Andy Dalton comes back in a week or two, do you think the offense stabilizes a little bit within the next four or five weeks, or do you think all hope is lost? And even a guy like Amari Cooper is kind of a matchup-based start. It's so hard to say because they have a bunch of drama queens on Dallas. So, like, they might already be, you know, done. You know what I mean? Like, Ezekiel, all them boys. Cooper's kind of, you know, a little head case, too, as you remember his days with the Raiders. Um, I don't know. It's so, that's a good question. I would like to think that Andy Dalton comes back and can throw 300 yards a game with three potential wide receiver ones. You know what I mean? They're getting separation. They're open, so you just have to literally throw them the ball. But... That O line's banged up. I, I would say I would lean more on the no than the yes, just by the way it looks, how bad the defense is. I think it's they're kinda they're like Houston Texans esque right now where it's like you could start them but it's not it might not be pretty. Yeah, I, I lean the same way. I think of the Cowboys, Zeke is the one I think has the best finish of the season. Not a great one by any means, but the receivers, I if I would owning one of them, I'm not happy about it. I don't think they'll have any form of consistency, even if Andy Dalton settles in and, you know, is a serviceable second-string quarterback. Ah, the Cowboys, I don't like any of the receivers going forward, even in four or five weeks. Zeke, I'm not looking to acquire him, but I don't think he is worthless going forward, but that's about yeah. where I draw the line. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. So next up, we're going to touch on a, a few backfields where the guys are injured. They might be back, might not be back. How do we handle them and their handcuffs? So first, Chris Carson and the Seahawks run game. Last week, he had a foot sprain, kind of similar to the Joe Mixon situation. I don't know how serious, though, because he was a game-time decision, and supposedly he was really close to suiting up. He didn't. Carlos Hyde also missed the game. And out of nowhere, DJ Dallas came in. Had a big fantasy day scoring two touchdowns. He wasn't super efficient with his touches. But what do you, what do you think? I mean, I think it's kind of safe to assume Chris Carson comes back this week. It's not a guarantee. But there's a little bit of risk. He could leave the game, get re-injured. So how are you treating a DJ Dallas or a Carlos Hyde if you have them or maybe need somebody? Well, that's that's super tricky. I know you've been a Chris Carson owner. I'm a, I've been a Chris Carson owner. He's super tough. He'll play through injury as long as his freaking legs not falling off. So I assume that his injury was pretty significant. But now, I mean, they're saying they're not gonna practice him till what Friday I think and, so. and then see what goes down. So he's obviously pretty banged up. But if he's feeling any what any sort of healthiness in his body, he's gonna play. That's just who he is. But DJ Dallas is a nice little hold because he's going to get the he's going to get the passing game regardless and the way the offense right now from the Seahawks is rolling is they kind of 
if Carson's down, they're probably going to have more of the, the passing down back in there. So I would think that DJ Dallas, I would be willing to start him or have him ready to start for Chris Carson over Hyde right now. Yeah, so the way I look at it, if Hyde is active, I think he's on the doubtful side of questionable. If he's back, I really don't want either him or DJ Dallas on my roster. If Hyde misses again, I'm probably holding DJ Dallas even if I'm not a Chris Carson owner because I could see him aggravating it, trying to be too much of a beast, aggravating it, and then maybe you get another game or two of the DJ Dallas show. So I think you can hold him, expect Carson back, but just keep an eye. It's possible he kind of re-aggravates as he tries to gut it out. The next backfield we're going to go to is Joe Mixon. Who's on by the Cleveland Bank? I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals are on by and Giovanni Bernard. So I think most people expect Mixon to come and play after the bye week. What are you doing with Gio Bernard? He's one of those guys that we talk about the handcuffs where, I mean, he's not one of those premier handcuffs, but I mean, I mean, if Mixon's out, I mean, you, you, he's startable. So, I mean, I, I dep- everyone's roster situation is different, you know. Do they have a spot where they can hold a handcuff? But I, I think I would hold them, honestly. I know you're a mixing owner. What do you think? Yeah, because they're on by this week, I'm not making it a priority to hold him. I think if you have the spot, especially if you're a mixing owner, he's a good hold. But with them being on a bye, I think you can cut ties with Geo and assume that Joe Mixon comes back close to 100%. He's missed two games now. So I don't think there's huge risk of him re-aggravating that injury. So... I'm not saying you must hold Gio, but he's still among the higher upside handcuffs in the game. So that's kind of up to your discretion, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's all kind of based on your own roster, but if you kind of have a spot or you're holding somebody, you're like, man, why am I still holding them? I I would handcuff Gio in that situation. Let's get right into the Eagles' backfield. Another bye situation, but another injury situation. Miles Sanders Looks like he was projected with the ankle injury to be a two-week injury to come back after the bye, and it's kind of shaping up to be that way. Are you still holding Scott right now if you're the Sanders owner or not? So first I'll touch on Miles Sanders. Man, I'm an owner, and it breaks my heart that the games he happens to miss are against the Giants and the Cowboys when he just came off the Ravens and Steelers. So that hurts, but I expect him to come back pretty close to 100%. I think they held him out this last week precautionary. They don't have, you know, a whole bunch to play for that week, and now they're on by. So I think he comes back pretty close to 100%. So I think I put him in the Gio Bernard category, but maybe a slight tier below mm-hmm. for Boston Scott. I, yeah. I don't think he's as much of a sure thing, even if he's the starter in Philly. So I don't think you really need to hold him. If you're in a deep league, I mean, he has some upside, but I kind of keep him below Gio Bernard, and I don't think you need to hold him through the bye week. Yeah, I, I own Sanders in the league too, and I'm I have cut ties with Scott, so I I think it's all system go with Sanders right now. And Sanders was looking really good before that. I'm sure he would have just shat on those teams, but you know he had to get the ankle injury. We'll we'll play on. Um, let's go right into the Colts backfield. A weird scenario. They really didn't talk about Taylor's injury. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's injury prior to the game and just played around him and Naeem Hines and uh, Wilkins had a day. Yeah, they did. And and so we don't know if Jonathan Taylor got dinged up during the game yeah. or if it was before and kept under wraps. But it did come out after the game. Reich, Reich said he has a little bit of an ankle injury. So 
whatever that means, I mean, I don't. He, he didn't leave the game and stay out. He was still kind of in and out. But yeah, in the second half of the game, Wilkins got the carries in the first half. Naeem Hines was scoring touchdowns. So it's definitely something to watch. I mean, if you're asking me, I'm pretty worried about Jonathan Taylor this week mm-hmm. because the matchup's tough as well, Baltimore. If he plays this week, if he's maybe limited and then full at the end of the week, I'm not concerned about the injury really long term. This week, I'd prefer not play him. I think Wilkins is a pretty good hold right now, just in the event that Jonathan Taylor's injury is worse than we thought. They've got good matchups coming up following Baltimore. But, you know, I'm not too worried about Jonathan Taylor. But overall, he's just kind of dropped down from what we were hoping he would be coming along. And Naheem Hines, in a PPR situation, I I definitely like him going forward. In a standard league, not so much. I would rather hold Wilkins if you're kind of hoping that Jonathan Taylor either gets surpassed or misses time with the injury. Yeah, and I, I want to touch on one thing right now, uh, just to refresh everybody. Uh, Raven, they're, they're playing the Ravens this week, are decimated by COVID. Patrick Queen's out, Marlon Humphrey's out, a bunch of their players. I think this is a great game for, for the running backs. I, I, normally, if you're playing the Ravens, this is a very bad game, and you're not really you know, holding Taylor, or not holding Taylor, looking to start Taylor, even if he's kind of dinged up or off that weird week. But I'm willing to start any three of the running backs Obviously, if Jonathan Taylor's healthy and it comes out, you're starting him. If he's not healthy, I'm willing to start Wilkins or Hines because they're both going to have a role. Hines is going to be the pass catcher, getting the pass catching downs, and Wilkins is going to be kind of running through the tackles. Um, but there are points to be had in this game. It's just you have to monitor the situation and really get on on Twitter and uh, see what the insiders are saying. But it was a, it's weird going forward with Taylor, you know, because they didn't really say much and they kind of went away from him. And it's not like he's looked like trash uh, recently, but he just hasn't been like that week three or whatever it was. We had 20 carries, like 110 yards, and a, and a touchdown. You know, looked really, really good. He just hasn't had a week like that in a in a fat minute. The way I feel about that situation, which great point on the Ravens' D. I didn't even really consider that, but they are missing a lot of guys, so I don't think that's as daunting as I originally mm-hmm. thought. I do think whoever emerges as the lead dog in the Colts' backfield will have significant value down the stretch. So that's why I'm okay with holding Wilkins or Hines just to see what this Jonathan Taylor injury really is. So keep an eye on that. All three could have value down the stretch. Next up, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons passing game and most uh, specifically Calvin Ridley, which the injury looked kind of bad. Supposedly it's a foot-ankle and he might even play this week. I'm not betting on it, but how do you think that affects the Atlanta passing game? Kind of gives a notch up to everyone with Julio looking healthy, um, Hayden Hurst getting open all over the field, but Matt Ryan not wanting to throw him the ball. I, I don't know if I'm just a Hayden Hurst owner and, and seeing something that's not there, or if Matt Ryan, I, I don't know. But Russell Gage looked good too, so if he's out, that's kind of a, an upgrade to a bunch of the players. Uh, Russell Gage would be a nice little spot start this week if you have – an injury, or you're in a COVID situation, or you're you got a buy situation. Uh, Russell Gage would be a nice little scoop and start, and uh, I think Hayden Hurst is going to continue his streak as a little back end tight end one. With all these random injuries happen to either Russell Gage, Ridley, Julio, he's kind of benefiting and kind of having some consistency in the offense. I agree with you. Hurst is a big winner with this news. If there's a game or two without Ridley, I think he picks up most of that slack. I will say for Matt Ryan, I don't think Ridley missing is the same effect as when Julio was missing, where Matt Ryan fell off. I think Matt Ryan's still a pretty good start. Because Julio, at the very least, gets a lot of attention from defensive backs and opens up other options. So 
you know, Hurst kind of takes a little bit of Ridley's work, we feel like. Matt Ryan's not a big downgrade. Yeah, no. Let's get right into one of the the juiciest goose eggs we had on the week. Uh, Kenny G, Mr. Kenny Galladay from the Detroit Lions. It's funny, Kenny G goes down and... Uh, Matt Staff decides to wake up. He throws three touchdowns without without my boy Kenny G out there. Pretty, pretty, pretty big day. I love it. Um, yeah. So Kenny Kenny Galladay's injury is supposed to be um, two to four weeks. I know that sucks. I know because I'm personally a Kenny Galladay owner, and I've been waiting. You know, I waited at the beginning of the season. You know, he had the injury a couple weeks, and now it looks like he's going to be out two to four. But at this point, it's kind of like a, a Michael Thomas situation where even if you go to trade him, people are going to have the recency bias and not you're not going to really get what you should get, what you think you're going to get. So I'm kind of looking to hold him right now. And if if somehow nobody checks the waiver wire in your league and Marvin Jones is there, definitely scoop Marvin Jones up because he's the huge benefiter in this injury going forward. So Marvin Jones, earlier in the year, the this situation played out as well, and he didn't do a whole lot. But at the very least for this week against the Vikings, I do like Marvin Jones. And, yeah, Galladay, it's tough for the owners. If I'm, some, I'm not looking to acquire him if I don't have him, and if I have him, I'm not trying to sell him cheap. So I'm with you where it's just a hold. Yeah, it's a hold. An unfortunate situation, but, you know, wait till he comes back. In the meantime, Matt Staff takes a little bit of a hit, but I think as we saw, not as big a one as you might think. If he plays this week, it looks like he's on the COVID list. Yeah. But I think it's more of a contact trace issue. So if he tests negative, he'll start this week. I still really like him against the Vikings and Marvin Jones. And Hawkinson, you know, he, Hawkinson's been yeah. nice. Yeah. Suck my Hawkinson. He's been he's <laughs> been out there balling. Uh, that's a good thing to touch, though. A lot of these COVIDs that have been popping up are contact tracing. I'm not sure if you're familiar or if you watch any Alex Jones uh, on your free time, but contact tracing is if you're near someone, you don't even have to have COVID. You're just presumed to have COVID. And so that's kind of the NFL's policy, too. They do the contact tracing, and then they do the tests afterwards to see if they actually have it. So uh, situations to monitor. So if Matthew Stafford doesn't, have COVID and it was just the tracing that gave him the tag. Marvin Jones is fired up as a wide receiver too on the week for sure. Yeah, definitely. And once again, Kenny G owners, we're sorry, but it's the hardest part of fantasy, and you gotta hold him. He's gonna yeah. be back, and he's a great receiver. So. Yeah, I'm holding him, guys. I, I would, I would hold him. So next up, we're gonna go to the Ravens. On offense, Mark Ingram is looking likely to miss another week. What does that mean for Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins? And then their defense is missing a lot of pieces. So if you're an owner who was auto-starting them, yeah. how do you feel this week against the Colts? Man, I and we talk about auto-starting Ds, and I really don't auto-start a lot of Ds. But I, I would always auto-start the Ravens if I had them, but not right now. I, I'm, I'd even look to maybe even pick up uh, Packers, this week against um, San Fran, even though the Packers' D really isn't even one you want to have any fantasy ties to. But I, I like them over Ravens' D this week because Patrick Queen's out, Marlon Humphrey's out. Um, one of the other big pieces. Yeah, one of the other cornerbacks is out. Uh, one of the D linemen is out. Um, a lot. A lot of pieces. And Patrick Queen's a signal caller right now, so it's kind of it's going to be a different flow out there for the Ravens. Um, not to mention that. Their passing game kind of is trash right now, but they look good running the ball. J.K. Dobbins, 
looks electric. Like we talked about at the beginning of the year, if, if there was just a permanent injury in that backfield, it would be it'd be a nice situation. But it hasn't happened yet. Ingram still has a little bit of life right now. Um, but Gus Edwards gets the goal line looks. J.K. Dobbins is going to get the carries, but Gus Edwards is going to get the goal line looks. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. He's just a tank. He's been there for, I think it's his third year. Yeah. So, I mean, they trust him, and every year he's ran the ball, he's ran it hard. He had 100 carries last year, 120 carries for 700 yards. Like, that's crazy yards per carry for a backup. So, I mean, he's going to get the goal line look. Definitely. So, with the Ravens' D, I'm leaning more so that you still start him and just lower your expectations, unless you do have the spot to go get a D with a better matchup. Yeah. But just be aware of the Ravens. Don't be shocked if they, you know, give up 21-plus. They're missing a lot of good pieces. So in the running game, Hunter, what I kind of want to ask, how do you order today who would you rather own one, two, three between Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Ingram? And whoever's third in your list, are you interested in even giving them a look if you have an open bench spot or are you leaving them on the wire? Man, that's a great... It's kind of putting you on the spot, oh, but I, I think that's, that's one that's that a, is yeah. going to be meaningful to a lot of people. Yeah, I would probably... Currently and for the rest of the season, I think I think Gus Edwards is number one. Because even when Mark Ingram was healthy, like he looked good, but he didn't look like good enough to just take over the backfield, and he didn't because they have this two other great running backs that would start anywhere in the NFL behind them. I think Gus Edwards is number one, and I want to say J.K. Dobbins is number two, even though I know Mark Ingram is going to get – as many carries as J.K. Dobbins, maybe not more, but J.K. Dobbins just looks so explosive. He looks like if he has another game like he had last week, that he might even overtake Gus Edwards' work. He just looks, he looks what they what they need right now. Honestly, they kind of are stagnant. They can't get the pass game going. They need to feed a running back, and they don't just feed feature one. It's 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 kind of a it's really annoying. But I think that's my rankings. So Gus one. J.K. 2 and Mark Ingram 3. And I have them in the exact same order. And so I guess the question becomes the third guy on the list, Mark Ingram. Let's not consider this week. Going into next week, do you make him a priority to pick up, assuming he's coming back? Or do you think that his, you know, it's going to be more of what we saw early in the year at best, which was 10 carries, part of a timeshare, and not really a startable asset? Yeah, I'm not looking to, to roster him right now. And uh, even though it's fantasy, when you look at real-life outlooks, I think his contract's up after the season, right? So they're not looking to make him look good for a, for resign value or anything. And that's kind of why they had drafted J.K. Dobbins and they kept Gus Edwards. Um, I'm, I'm really low on Mark Ingram right now. And I know people are, like, listening to me, you know, like fantasizing about adding him in a week or two and, you know, being an RB2 value, I just don't see that happening right now, especially the way they just keep splitting the carries. I just don't see Mark Ingram emerging because he's not what he used to be. It's kind of crazy how he it looks so much different in a year. If Mark Ingram was as busty as he was last year, just busting big runs, I think he would take over the backfield still, but I don't, it's just not happening. I feel the same way. So unless I'm in a 12- or 14-team league, and the bench spots are really, you know, if I'm looking for anybody that could provide value later, I'm leaving Ingram alone because I think it's going to take an injury to one of the other two for him to even be relevant in fantasy again. And pretty strange that it's come to this.
So let's move on to the Saints situation with, first of all, Michael Thomas. It's looking like he very well could come back this week. Not a sure thing, but it's a really big matchup against Tampa Bay and Brady in-house. So I expect him to play. And then Emmanuel Sanders, it looks like he is going to come off the COVID list. I don't think there's anything official left, but it it does seem that he's going to come off it. So how do you feel about those two guys? And then maybe the Traquan Smiths of the world and even Jared Cook. Yeah, I think both of them are playing this week. Um, Michael Thomas' injury is, in my opinion, pretty serious, or he would have played last week. So even if he were, even when he does play this week, I don't think he's going to be 100%. Uh, and Emmanuel Sanders practiced today um, but hasn't been officially removed off of the COVID list. So I'm, I assume both of them are going to play this week. It's just their statuses are kind of up in limbo um, right now on your fantasy apps. Um I'm kind of. Le- I think Emmanuel Sanders has a better week this week, because um, I think that Michael Thomas is going to play kind of dinged up, and I think Emmanuel Sanders is not going to get Carlton Davis. He's going to kind of get the other cornerback and maybe feast a little bit on them. But if you remember, Emmanuel Sanders was kind of looking nice going into the COVID situation, but um, and we had talked about it with Michael Thomas coming back could maybe free him up even more. But we'll see what happens. But I think. Emmanuel Sanders is a nice little start this week. Not that you're not starting Michael Thomas. I mean, if you have Michael Thomas, you've waited this whole time, you're going to start Michael Thomas. I mean, yeah, if you have Michael Thomas, you're more than likely going to throw him out there. I would temper expectations. I don't think he's 100%, but with a big matchup, they're going to probably trot him out there. So I do. And usually Emmanuel Sanders against Tampa Bay, I mean, that they're a good defense. But because of kind of the situation, on the other hand, like Hunter talked on with, you know, Mike Thomas might not be 100%, but still drawing the coverage, Emmanuel could have a pretty good game. So if you're if you're in a bind or even in a three-wide receiver league, I think Sanders is a pretty good start. And that sends Traquan Smith back to kind of the bench or most likely the waiver wire where he belongs. Jared Cook, I, I like him. He's been pretty hot. I don't think this changes much for him. I think he's a good shot, you know, at getting red zone looks going forward. So he, he's a solid tight end. I think we should also touch on today, Alvin Kamara missed practice with a foot injury, but he came out and said that he's fine, he's going to play, it's like he stubbed his toe. He made some sort of kind of joke like that, so it's something to at least keep an eye on, but I don't think there's anything really to worry about there. But with the receivers, they should both be back, the main two. Mike Thomas, you're, you you got to start him, and you're just hoping that going forward he's the same old Michael Thomas. Yeah, Uh don't worry about the Kamara thing. He literally said he was fine. Uh, Cook is still a fine back end tight end one throughout this whole situation with the receiver shaping out. If anything, it might you free him up a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that's the pretty much the same situation. Let's go into the uh, little bit of Buccaneers wide receivers. We talked about it the other week, but it really didn't break it down. Um, Godwin with a broken finger. Uh, Looks like they're going to test it Friday to see if he can catch. If he can catch, I'm sure he will play because he's pretty tough. Um, Antonio Brown is activated off of the suspension, so he will be playing. Although Bruce Arians is being Bruce Arians and kind of trying to act like a badass. We don't know if he's going to get 10 snaps. We don't know if he's going to get 35 snaps. So I assume he's probably going to get around 25 snaps, a nice little, little hefty workload. Um, but I, I like Antonio Brown this week a lot. Uh, I mean, if Godwin is there, I would start him, but I would be worried about re-aggravating it unless he just is mad that they have AB and he doesn't want to get outshined or something and just plays through injury. Um, I would start both, but 
I think Antonio Brown probably has a better day than Godwin if, if he plays, even though that's crazy. But Tom Brady was his last quarterback, and he kind of is the reason why he's at the Buccaneers right now. Yeah, so I tend to be a little more conservative with guys coming back off long layoffs. So I would prefer to sit Antonio Brown. But especially if Godwin plays, and I, I'm not excited about starting him yet, even though I'm excited to see what he can do there. Mm-hmm. If Godwin misses, I think he does get really interesting just out of necessity in a big game against the Saints. And if anything, this spruces up for Tom Brady going forward that he should look really nice. But it's going to be interesting to see between Godwin and Brown who kind of gets back first and makes the impact. So yeah. Mike, Mike Evans here is in a great spot going forward. But it's really going to be interesting to see. So Hunter's all in on Antonio Brown this week, even with the little limited snaps. I'm a little more hesitant, but, I mean, he's as good as it gets when it comes to talent, so he's an exciting play. And keep an eye on Godwin. That'll kind of lean one way or the other how much upside Antonio Brown will have. And I uh, want to touch on something real quick. I think this all means that the field is going to open up for Gronkowski. He got the touchdown last week, and he went 4-for-4, four four, but the game before last, he had the touchdown and some yardage, and he had two other nice little goal line, not the like goal line looks, but they were could have been touchdown catches, one that got broken up last second, another one that was bobbled. He's getting targeted by Tom Brady. The trust is there again, and I think that this could mean that he's going to be the, the red zone weapon that we know and used to love him for being. So I, I, think, he, I think he's still... Very valuable right now. Definitely. I think he's one of the ones we got right when it was four or five weeks ago after the O.J. Howard news. Yeah. We kind of said not now, but the arrow's pointing up long term. He turned out, and we got to we gotta acknowledge our flops. Mike Gusecki, oh. especially with the turn to two at Tagovailoa, he's just not really worth anything anymore. So we missed on that one. Gronk's one I think we got right. I think he kind of stays hot and scores quite a few touchdowns the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if y'all actually watched the games or not, but he had a, a nice little 35-yard target from Tua that was a dime piece to Gusecki, and that got broken up last second, which would have kind of changed the day. It wouldn't have been a complete dud, but still, if you have six, if you have 96 passing yards on the day, it's really not going to be a fantasy day for anybody that doesn't get a touchdown. Yeah, so, the, I mean, the whole <laughs> Dolphins team is dampered, and Gusecki wasn't looking great before that, so... I think he's a fade, probably a guy that you can drop at this point. We're sorry if we talked him up for you, but as part of the game, a swing and a miss for both of us. Yeah. Let's get right into the uh, the Dolphins situation, though. Um, Miles Gaskin-Robbins, um, we'll see. He, he kind of got banged up, and then they did a trade for DeAndre Washington, kind of alluding to that he really is dinged up, and Matt Breida has been in the ranks behind him. Really suffering on snap count because Miles Gaskin is a really good pass catching down back, and they've kind of always needed to have one on the field at the time. And it kind of looks like it might be uh, Breida unchained right now. He could, because Breida, I don't know if y'all remember on the 49ers, but dude can ball, and he just hasn't got any looks, any sort of traction. Um, I think that Matt Breida is a sneaky little start this week, especially with Tua trying to come into his own. Yeah, and it's a shame that Gaskin got hurt. And, and uh, so pretty recently I read an update that said they're expecting him to miss three weeks. So that provides a little bit of clarity, clarity onto that. And the next guy up would likely be Matt Breida. We both like the talent. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of touchdown opportunities here. But this week he's a nice spot start if you need. And even going forward, he's probably a good guy to roster. And Miles Gaskin, I, I would still hold him, but this does really suck because he wasn't a huge, huge ceiling guy yeah. anyways. 
more a volume play. Yeah, but I think he could recapture that role. It wasn't a super significant knee injury, so I'm probably holding him. Breida can hold down the fort in the meantime. This offense, though, I mean, there, there is a question mark with Tua. The last game was strange. They scored on special teams and maybe even defense. They had they a couple. They had two defensive touchdowns. Yeah, they had some strange touchdowns, so the game flow, they didn't have to throw. But just keep an eye on it and see what kind of guys emerge with the new offense under Tua. But Miles Gaskin will probably miss three weeks. Plan accordingly. Yeah. Um, Tua, I think that Tua is still going to turn up. So I'm not completely down. If you have a Devontae Parker this week, I'm not. I probably wouldn't sit him because I think that I think Tua is gonna do a lot better this week than last week. It was a weird game. Special teams showed out. Their defense showed out. They didn't really have to do much. They didn't really have to throw the ball. They didn't really have to even run the ball. Um, I think that Tua is gonna have a bigger week this week. So don't be scared, Devontae Parker owners. Don't be scared. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, Devontae Parker had the touchdown last week. We'll get we'll touch a little bit later on Preston Williams, but those two guys, it's still a question mark what they do going forward. Next, we're going to go to the Rams backfield. Now, Daryl Henderson left the game and did not return with, I believe it was a thigh injury. Mm-hmm. They were noting that it's not serious. They're on bye this week. So, do you think is it a non-issue, or do you have a little bit of concern if you're that owner? I do have a little bit of concern. Uh, Daryl Henderson is the best running back in their backfield 100%. If you watch the game prior to him getting injured, he was running hard. I think he had a 15-yard run and a 12-yard run and another first down yard. He looked good. But the only issue is that Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers aren't really scrubs. I mean, they can catch the ball. They can run the ball. So although they're not going to be as productive as Henderson, I mean, they're not like someone that they have to turn away from. So that's the only thing that's really an issue is if Henderson is kind of hurt, they might sit him out because the other two are definitely serviceable. So it's just a situation to monitor. Me personally, as a Henderson owner, I'm not really that worried because I think Henderson's trying to be tough because I think he's trying to take over the backfield. He understands he has to keep going hard to take it over if he wants it. Um, so I'm not too worried, but it is a situation to monitor for sure. For Henderson, I mean, it is a bummer. You, you, I thought if he kept performing really well, then this wouldn't revert back to a timeshare. This certainly doesn't help that situation, so I could see him getting kind of eased back into a sort. So I still like him long term, but I, I think his injury in specific is a non-issue. But it worries me that maybe they kind of go back to a more timeshare role. So his ceiling might be a little limited. That's just my look on it. But injury-wise, I think he'll play when they come out of the bye. And then we'll kind of start over again to see what that backfield really looks like. So those are a lot of the injuries that are happening now, have happened coming back. We hope that kind of gives you an idea of what guys are going to be valuable now versus later. So before we sign off, we want to get into some super deep dumpster dive streamers for week nine. Um, so let's get into the first one. We kind of touched on a couple of them just because the injury situation, the buy situations are kind of revolved around everything. Um, but the running back we're kind of looking for this week is Matt Burita. Um, the sneaky tight end. If, if you got to monitor the situation, I know we, we get at the at Fanbros podcast. We retweet some things. We like some things. Um, but you need to get on Twitter and check it out. Jordan Reed's out. Ross Dwelly is a sneaky little DFS start and a little start to get in this week because they really aren't going to have any other pass-catching uh, pass catching options. And uh, Nick Mullins isn't actually a scrub. He can kind of throw the ball down the field and get checked down. So that's not a bad start. 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on so for one Ross Dwelly. It's Thursday night. It's tomorrow night. So yeah, if you're gonna start him, make sure the Jordan Reed is out, and then you gotta commit to Dwelly early. So just keep that in mind. Next up, this one's not super deep, but he might be available. Cole Beasley versus Seattle. I think more than anything, this is just a matchup where they're going to have to throw to keep up. So if he's available, I like him a lot as a one-week fill-in. So he's a guy that's got high upside. If he's available, that's not as deep as these other ones, but a guy to keep in mind if he's there. So a little bit deeper is Preston Williams versus the Cardinals. So like we said with Tua, the the stat line was a little skewed because the game script, they, they went up early and didn't have to do much. But the Cardinals should score a decent bit. They should have to keep up. And I think you see Patrick Peterson lean towards Devontae Parker's side. Mm-hmm. So Preston Williams has boom potential, and he's probably available. So if you need a guy this week, him versus the Cardinals is not a bad look. And there's one more guy we want to touch on, Drew Locke versus the Falcons. Yeah, so Drew Locke. He, I don't know if you watched the games last week, but the beginning of the beginning of the first half, he kind of looked shitty. And the two games prior to that, I mean, he wasn't all worldly, but he was throwing some Dilfer dimes. He was throwing some nice deep balls, and he actually was had a a PFF stat. I forget what it was. I sent it to you, Greg. Where Something he, about deep accuracy. Yeah, and he was and among he was, the top. Yeah, he was among the top. He's kind of slinging it uh, recently. Uh, came out in the second half. I guess he drank a Bang Energy or. Did some cocaine. I'm not sure what he did. He came out fucking locked in. Slang for three touchdowns and I think like 300 yards. Even though he threw an interception. And I think he fumbled it, but it was recovered by his own team. I'm not sure. Um, I Against the Falcons, he's looking good. They're getting the receivers back healthy. And he looks confident. And he's got two check down running backs to, to check down Melvin Gordon and uh, Philip Lindsay. So that's a nice little sneaky start this week. And uh, for anyone that's... You know, in the situation where they had Dak Prescott or any sort of buy injury situation, that's that's not a bad one. So yeah, I mean, for Week Nine only, if I'm a guy who owns Matt Staff and was depending on him, yeah, keep an eye on the COVID situation. I'm probably going to roster Drew Locke, and maybe if you know you're Joe Burrow riding him and he's on buy for this week, Drew Locke. I mean, they won that game. He should have should have some momentum, mm-hmm. and the Falcons are as good as any matchup passing. So. He should be available unless you're in a two-quarterback league. And this week, he's got pretty high potential. I think he throws two touchdowns, maybe more. He's a good streamer this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's definitely – He's. I think he's a top-ten quarterback on the week for sure. Um, I think that's about it for this episode. Um, I think we're going to come back. I know we didn't do the schedule last week. Um, we kind of had a, a Halloween costume party on Friday. Didn't do the Friday episode. I think we're going to be back with that one this week. So we're going to have the two episodes again this week. Um, follow the at Fambros podcast. Uh, we're going to go into some more playoffs and look at some more COVID situations probably on Friday, the way it's shaping out with election season right now. Um, we'll talk to you all in the next episode. And we do want to say, so we had fun with the Luckier Loco segment. Oh. So we're looking in a couple weeks to make a similar kind of bet. And we're kind of, we haven't really settled on an idea. So if y'all have some ideas of things that suck, not too badly, but suck pretty badly, send them to us on Twitter. You know, maybe we'll pick one and we'll bet on that. So definitely keep that in mind. We'll bring something fun to that soon for you. Hey, thanks for joining us again, Fan Bros Podcast. This is our week nine episode one special. We'll be back in a couple days. Good luck.